I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Matt Taylor, footballer. I'll play anywhere. Matt, um, when you were a boy, what did you want to be when you grew up? wanted to work with my dad he's an architect so yeah football was never really on the radar for me because at the age of what I've been 13 14 got released from from Oxford for being uh, too fat really got offered, yeah got offered a contract as a goalkeeper but that wasn't for me so mm. I decided that I'd just go and play football with my mates and did do and did my GCSEs chose my A-levels was never as I say and was never really on the cards and playing a district game and the um, one of the scouts who was, happened to be a manager for us just asked me and my dad whether or not I'd like to go for a trial at Luton so I said to my dad what should we do and he said yeah we'll take you along mm. so I went along I think there was 40 around 40 boys I played left back didn't really play left back very much mm. and they offered me to go back and train with them for a week so I went back and trained for a week and at this point it was the point where it was the summer holidays for school, so that was okay. How old were you? 14? 16 at oh, the 16 point, yeah. Okay. I hadn't, as I say, I, I left playing for a professional football club at 14, I think it was. So I just went and played football with my, with my mates for two years. My dad ran the team. And then, uh, yeah, they basically asked me whether or not I wanted uh, to take a two-year YTS. And at that point, I was undecided because I'd chosen my A-levels. They got the GCSE results that I needed. And I sat down with mum, with mum and dad at the time, and they said to me, "Look, Matt, 
it's two years. Give it a go. Mm. If it works, great. If it doesn't, you can go back and sit your A-levels. As I say, the rest is history. So. Yeah. And so your parents <laughs> yeah. were, were, were your parents a real key part of it, like supportive for you? Very parents. supportive, yeah. Really lucky. I mean, yeah. not only did I have really supportive parents, my, my mum's parents used to run me here, there and everywhere. Yeah. You know, so it was always, there would always be mum and dad watching if my sister wasn't taking part in sports. She did a lot of athletics. But it was always one, and then there would always be Nan and Grant watching on the sideline as well. So right. I've got quite a few VHS tapes upstairs that my Grant took of took of me when I was a lot younger because he got a camcorder. He was one of the first people I ever knew to get, buy a camcorder. Well, that's massive, one. Isn't yeah, it? it was huge. <laughs> yeah. I got all the uh, the tapes upstairs. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, which is which is cool. So no, I was really lucky. And then when I signed at Luton, you obviously moved, so I left home at sixteen. Mm. But my Grant would be the one that would always say to me, look, Matt, me and your nan will run you back to Luton on a Sunday night. Nice. Yeah, we'll take you here. They'd come to every game, regardless of where it was. Right. You know, so I was really lucky. I had a you know, fantastic family network and support. And you said when you were 14 or whatever, you weren't that bothered. Presumably when, when you, you went to Luton and you got signed on, on YTS, something had to change in your mentality because you need to work really hard and be dedicated to become a professional. Do you, know, do you have an idea in your mind when that happened? It's the opportunity. I remember the first... I remember the first couple of days I went, went in there, it was a huge shock. Because it was playing football every day, right? And mm. you only ever did it on weekends or you had a kickabout with your mates. Sure. And it was, it, it was for me, just thinking, right, if I'm going to do this, I've got to, to really give it a go. So I just, do you know what? I tried my best. And about the age of 15, I remember, 15, 16, I entered a county championship for an 800 metres. And it was at that point I knew, bloody hell, I can run. Because right. I won it by a mile, and I never run 800 metres before, and I was never expected to do any well, to do any, to do any good. And I won it by a mile. Right. And it was that I kind of thought, I can run here. Yeah. <laughs> and lo and behold, that's probably been uh, a key strength of mine for the last 20 years, being yeah. able to run. Um, and so, at what point, what age did you break into Luton's first team? So the first season I joined, we played a lot of, I played every Saturday for the youth team. But... Probably about halfway through that season, the club were having a bit of problems with injuries and and I just they said to me, Would you come and train with the first team? So I went and trained with the first team. Well, two weeks after training with the first team, Lenny Lawrence, who was the manager, sat me down in his office, I was just seventeen, and said, Look, we want to offer you a professional contract. Like, right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Where do I sign? And he said, Look, it's non negotiable, these are the terms. Like, yeah, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. You didn't have an agent or anything like that. No, nothing yeah. like that. Yeah. So I just went, right, whatever it is. Where do I sign? Yeah. I think it was 200 quid a week or something, right? right. And bear in mind, the YT at that point was £42.50. You're loving it, yeah. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was... The only problem was that you have to pay your own digs when you sure. sign your professional yeah. forms. So yeah. It was a tenner a night. But no, I signed the contract and the club went into receivership during that off-season. Lost, lost quite a few players, couldn't pay the wages. So we came back in for pre-season and we kind of... It was chucked in, Matt, here you go, you sink or swim. Right. I played every pre-season yeah. friendly, scored a couple of goals in pre-season at 17, did really well. First game of the season, I made my debut away at um, Notts County. So. so when you said beforehand that you weren't particularly bothered, you mean that you didn't, you, you loved football, but you weren't necessarily bothered about being a professional footballer? Well, I didn't think it was ever an option. Right. Okay. So what was the point in worrying about yeah, okay, it? You know, right. what's the point in but setting my But you always loved sights? playing. I loved playing football, yeah. yeah. yeah, well, yeah. You, know, you must remember, I remember kids can't do it now. Hmm. You, at school holidays, your mum would say, you'd have your breakfast, 
You'd mm. shove it down, just say, sit there for 20 yeah. minutes until it goes down. Yeah, right? You'd yeah, sit yeah, there, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah. Like, banging. Because yeah. all you wanted to do, we lived in a close, all you wanted to do was go and play football. There was three boys who we used to play football with, all older than me. Used to play football, and then until you heard your mum shout, lunch, you yeah. went in for lunch, you yeah. sat down again for 20 minutes after you'd shoved your food down your <laughs> yeah, mouth, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. And then you have your dinner, and I just remember in the summer, it used to be when the streetlights came on, I used to have to go in. My that was probably, that. Yeah, when the that was probably half past nine, quarter to ten. Yeah. So all I did was play football. Yeah. You know, there wasn't any, was ne- I'm never, was never into computers. Hmm. I think we had a, what was it? Uh, it was an we had a Mega Drive. Mega drive account, we had a Sega yeah, Mega Drive yeah, as a kid. Yeah. But never really interested in that, because yeah. all I wanted to do was play football. But then, I could say, at four, 14, I kind of fell out of love with it, because it wasn't, as I say, a lot of the lads got taken on and mm. and I didn't. So at that point, dealing with sort of failure, which is what it felt to me, yeah. I just kind of thought, you know, I'm going to go and enjoy myself. So that was what yeah. I mean. It was never an yeah. option. But then when the opportunity came around, I wasn't bothered about being a footballer at 14 because mm. I'd just been released. All I wanted to do was go and enjoy myself with my mates, play on a Saturday, play on a Sunday. Mm. But And were you stand out good then on a Saturday and Sunday? Were you the best player at your school, for example? Uh, yeah, yeah, but never... But the thing was, that, so I was 16, still at secondary school, and we had a local team called Abingdon United. And I got, we played in an under-18s league that my dad used to run, and we were, I was, what, 16? Hmm. Played in this, and uh, I'd play for the first team, and they were Hellenic League, so you used to get paid, right? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we used to get a tenner if we drew, right? right? Yeah. We used to get 20 quid if we won, yeah. and nothing if we lost. Right. So yeah, it put me, kind of gave me the right work ethic, but also that comes from seeing the fact that my dad would leave the house every morning at eight o'clock and wouldn't be home till seven o'clock at night yeah. to give us as kids, you know, what we, what we wanted. So to zero in on that, on that hard work point, how, I mean, we, we got to the point where you were at Luton at 17, mm. how, how important, put a percentage on it, how important is the is the is, is the sort of relationship between talent and hard work? What what? Because I think that football fans maybe overestimate how important the talent part is yeah. and underestimate how much the hard work is. For you, how much hard work was I it? I can't added? I can't tell you yeah. how many players were better than me. Yeah, but didn't make it. Yeah, because didn't make the sacrifice. Yeah, you asked when didn't make the sacrifices. They couldn't be bothered to do to do the hard work, but the opportunity. And it was never, it was always about playing football, right? That's what my career's always been about. It's mm. never been about anything else. But the opportunity to be successful playing professional football was just one that I was not going to let go. So I didn't let go and I tried my best. And I tell my kids now, anything they do, don't care how you do, just try your best. Yeah, okay? But the talent thing, yes, yeah, so many lads from my, from my youth team that, were far more talented than me but didn't make it because they weren't willing to make the sacrifices that were needed to be to be a professional and footballer. As a young person, like it's it's quite it's quite interesting how you you have to make decisions about quite big decisions about your career and about how hard you're going to work for example when you're at a very young age. When I was 17, I was obviously never talented enough to be a footballer, but at 17 I didn't really want to know. I didn't want anyone to tell me what to do. Mm. But at that age really, if you don't do it then, it's very unlikely you're going to have any sort of career. You've got to make that decision as, su- as such a young person, not even legally an adult. And that's quite unique, I think, among, among industries. Yeah, but it sets the grounding for you. Yeah. You know, at the time when, we were, when I was uh, a YT, you did all the jobs. I remember we had a coach called John Moore. And my, my job was sweeping the tunnel at Luton. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but it's AstroTurf. <laughs> it's not particularly the easiest yeah. thing to do. And the away team dressing room, along with your pros boots. But the away team dressing room, you clean it, 
and and I mean clean it, right? Mm. And he'd come along and he'd go, nope, dirty, do it all again. Oh, you have to yeah. do the whole thing again, yeah, yeah. right? Sweep the stands, you do the whole thing again. But the onus was on the hard work mm. and then the, not the reward, but the good part was there was a little gym at Luton and he used to go and play head tennis. And the lads, they're having so much fun in there, but what they don't realise is that actually what he's doing is teaching you for your first touch. So when that ball comes in and it's smashed off the wall and he smashes it to you, yeah. And you think it's a laugh. It's not. Yeah. It's serious. Yeah. But it's not until you get older that you realise yeah. that. I read, I read a while back that the All Blacks still clean the dressing room after They do. Yeah, they sweep the sheds, yeah. I remember Thierry Henry saying in a, in a studio, Sky Sports studio the other, the other week about, they were talking about Saido Berahino, saying um, about how talented he is and everything. Mm. And, and Henri sort of ended the conversation and said, look, since when has talent got you anywhere? Counts for nothing. Yeah. It gets you in the door. But it'll get you out the door pretty quick again if you don't work hard as it's well. A problem. Yeah. Because why, as a as a manager or as a coach, am I going to say, "Oh, it's all right. I'll, I'll let him get away with this"? Because he'll only do four runs, but everybody else will do six because he can't be bothered. But what if he's a really special player? Really special. If he's a match winner. Yeah. Depends on what level you're at. But then the argument is, if he's a match winner and and what have you, do you sacrifice him for the good of the group? Mm. So for the good of everybody else, or do you? Tell everybody else he's the best player so he doesn't have to do as much as you. If it was me personally, I've never been in a dressing room like that. Right. Ever. And if there is one like that, mm. there's only so much you can get away with and then he's gone. Right. So back to Luton then. So you start yep. at Luton. Yep. 17. Yes. You have a good season. I mean, t- actually, tell, tell, tell people listening what sort of season Luton had at that point. The first season was in League One, or the equivalent of League One now, and played four, I played 46 games that season, played mm. every game. Mm-hmm. So that was fantastic grounding. Mm-hmm. And Lenny, Lenny left, unfortunately, Lenny Lawrence. So I think we had Ricky Hill came in and we got relegated the following season mm. to League Two, which was a shame with everything with the club. Mm. But then the following season, which was my third and, and last season at Luton, we, mm. we finished second in, in League Two. Brilliant mm. season. Yeah. So much fun. Yeah, yeah. brilliant. So yeah. loved it. Played, must have played 140, 150 games. I don't know the exact... But it would have been around that number. And then um, every club in England wanted you, basically. Well, basically, <laughs> they did, didn't they? Really? I mean, it was, a few, there was, a few, yeah. yeah. I mean, the the problem was is that I think that that I'd run my course at Luton in terms of mm. I wanted to to test myself, mm. but I'd only ever played week in week out, mm. so I could have gone to the Premier League, mm. and I chose not to. Do you know so, what? Can you remember what clubs? Yeah, I could have gone to West Brom. Yeah. And I turned it down because it wasn't it was never about money, right? Yeah. Football's never been about money for me. Yeah. I ended up signing for Portsmouth on the yeah. same contract that Luton had offered me. Oh right, okay. Right? Yeah. So it was never about money. I met yeah. Harry and my dad and I met Harry and we went to um to meet him in London and just said, Yeah, fancy this. Mm. Didn't even take into into account that you nearly got re- Portsmouth nearly got relegated the season before. I just yeah. kind of got sold the dream by Harry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I imagine a lot of people yeah. had that. I got sold yeah. the dream. Yeah. But the dream became a reality. Yeah. And it was seven hundred and fifty thousand. I know players don't care about that, but Joe Kinnear was pretty pissed off at the time. He was, yeah, he wasn't yeah. happy, yeah. He said, I think at least Dick Turpin had a mask on when he did that. <laughs> he but wasn't happy, Joe. And I love these, Joe. That was before these um tribunals. Well they didn't want it, well, the the thing was is that because we so because Portsmouth and Luton negotiated, if they couldn't come to an agreement, they'd gone to tribunal. Yeah, yeah. But they came to an agreement of yeah. that and, and 750 I, grand. And I say that players don't care about 
about transfer fees, but presumably you'd have wanted the most money to go to Luton as possible because they've done yep. a lot for your career. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, and especially with the fact that the club were still not hugely financially st- stable. It was, mm. yeah, it was a. I would have liked more money to have gone to them, but ultimately, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm quite selfish, and we yeah. all are as footballers, and, yeah. and because of the environment that you're in on a daily basis. Yeah. If you're not selfish, you're not going to yeah. be successful, and that's not suggesting that you're not part of a team. Yeah. But you've got to make the right decision for yourself. Yeah. And how did you feel when you turned up at Portsmouth? What did it feel like? Was the standard different? Was it a different experience completely? Or was it more of the same? It was different. But you've got to remember, what was I? I'd have been 19, mm. I think, nearly 20. You've got to remember, I'd just come off a season where I'd been successful. Mm. For three previous seasons, I'd played every week. Mm. So I didn't know any different other than, than success. Mm. So call it naivety. I'd call it no fear. Mm. And I didn't have any fear because everything I'd always done... You know, you'd, you'd risen, albeit we'd been relegated to League Two. Mm. But the, the, the level was never a problem. It was still the fact that I'm just being a professional footballer. So yeah. to go and play for, for Portsmouth and for Harry. And then not only that, but after, get, after leaving League Two, to turn up and Paul Merson be sat in the dressing yeah. room. I mean, I'd only yeah. ever seen him on TV. Yeah, okay. So it was just, it was just a whole surreal experience. Mm. And the whole thing kind of, yeah, I just didn't really get, I remember phoning my dad. I said to him, Dad, you never ever believe who's in the dressing room. Because at that point, you are still football fans, aren't you? Yeah, right? of course. Yeah, Albeit, yeah. they're yeah. workmates yeah. and they're teammates. Yeah. But you're just a football fan. Yeah. You're never going to guess who's coming here, Dad. Shaka yeah. Hislop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and these type of people. And you but got, I went to every, pretty yeah. much every home game that season. And I remember you, you hit the ground running, to be fair. I mean, yeah. it wasn't difficult. It didn't seem difficult for you. So the difference between League Two, the top end of League Two mm. and into the Championship didn't feel too bad. No, but then you... You know, I was lucky because I had some really good players around yeah. me yeah, yeah. who experienced and helped me a lot. Because mm. at, at the time, I was only 20 years old or 19, 20 years old. So mm. they really helped me a lot. And that, that was a big thing. But, you know, it, it comes back to, did I believe in myself? Yeah. Mm. Because everything I'd done the previous three years mm. had well. kind of backed that up. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I just thought, well, you know, what have I got to lose? Mm. What's the worst that can happen? So there was no inti- you weren't intimidated at any point for the first training session or the first game or anything like that. You just felt no, no nervousness, here. but not yeah. intimidation. No, you didn't think at any point. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to be good enough in no. this session. No. no, okay, no. I've always been relatively confident, and mm. I think if you're not, you get swallowed up because mm. it is a, it's quite an intense, it's an intense world, you know, football. Do you think some players aren't, aren't as confident as they need to be? I think some don't have enough self belief. Yeah, yeah, and why they don't have that, I don't know. Yeah. But there's, but then again, that that comes down to, so you look at Harry for argument's sake at that time. He's a fantastic man manager. So what was your sort of overriding memories of that promotion season at Portsmouth? The injury I got, and um, I had a bone spur on my heel, and it was probably with about eight games to go. And I remember Harry saying to me, "Look, look, tails, we need you." Yeah. I said, "Look, Gaffer, I'm I'm in pain." He said, look, "Don't train all week." You can run, yeah. just have a jab and play on a Saturday. So I did that for four or five weeks. And Do you regret that now? Nope. No, it worked okay. I scored the goal at Leicester and I cool. had a jab. So yeah, cool. Okay, <laughs> right, yeah. Week, so. Do you remember that home game against Leicester? Yeah, with all the water. Yeah, the yeah. water low pitch. Yeah. yeah, it shouldn't have gone on, should no, it? But no. it did. Yeah, right. So it was, it was a long road back, you yeah. know. But it made me a lot stronger as a person. Yeah. I'll tell you that. And I remember making my debut. I think it was away, my debut in the Premier League. I think it was away to Birmingham City. I remember walking on the pitch and I wasn't really fit and thinking, without without using the F word, thinking, what 
is this? Mm. This is a lot quicker than I'm used to. Was it really? Yeah. 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 But yeah. what is going on here? Yeah. How much of that was the injury, though, do you think? A lot, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I hadn't played for six to seven months. Yeah. So a lot, yeah. But then I think part of it was me in my head because the foot, you know, because the Premier League was the pinnacle. Mm. So not only was I stepping out in the Premier League, I was stepping out in the Premier League having not played football for six months. Yeah. So yeah, it was tough. And there was a change in formation for Portsmouth then, without yeah. getting too like tactically boring for, for listeners. Portsmouth moved to a 4-4-2, which yeah. meant immediately, at least on paper, you didn't have a role no. straight away. So yeah. you had to really work hard to yeah. find yourself a position, right? I did, yeah, and that was tough. But I've always backed myself and I mm. got back in and, yeah, I think was relatively successful, I would say. I would agree. And and, <laughs> <laughs> and just fast-forwarding a little bit. In, yeah. in, so for me, and obviously you, you may feel different, but for me, your best season was in 05, 06. Okay. Uh, the season that Redknapp came back. Yeah. And you scored. What, the, the Great Escape, you mean? Yeah, the Great Escape and all those goals you scored and all what, the you rest mean of the it. one where we managed to, we found a spade and dug ourselves yeah. out from yeah. about 15 feet under? What was, that like being as a, what was that like as a player? Crazy. But did, as by Christmas, what were we, 10 or 12 points of yeah. drift, weren't we? But fans will want to know, I think, how, what the mentality has to be from the playing staff point of view. We signed a few players. I think at that time, did we sign... Was it Mendes, Pedro, people like that? Yeah. Sean Davis, Wayne mm. Routledge. So mm. Harry, you know, he waved mm. his magic wand as he did. Yeah, yeah. Got a few players in. Yeah. And just a belief. But didn't Harry come back from Southampton? Yeah, he did, yeah. So yeah. kind of it was like... And then he came back and I just remember kind of thinking, fuck it. Yeah, okay. What is... Excuse my... No, language, of course. No, no, right? no, no, don't worry. What is... Yeah. The worst that can happen because we're going to get relegated as it is. Yeah, we were lucky with the teams that we played yeah. in terms of. I remember playing West Ham and they had the Carling Cup final. I think yeah. so they rested a few, but we won one. Do you know what the turning point was? Was that goal that Pedro got against Manchester City? Yeah, Fran, where he, 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 they yeah. were coming together at two yeah. players. He comes away with yeah. it, rolls it in the bottom corner. It was just that was a big turning point. That was a huge turning point, and then also the Sunderland game mm. when we. I think it was Kevin Kyle, was it? who for some reason just handballed it. There was no need for him to... So the 4-1 win? No, this was at home. Oh, that's the... Oh, yeah, okay, right. The 4-1 cro- was a goal when you scored yeah, the goal, but we right? crossed... Some, it was a corner. That's right. I might even put it in. Corner, and then he's, for some reason, put his hand in the air yeah. with, with like a minute to go. So we had some right? decisions, right? Yeah, with a minute yeah. to go. Yeah. And you know what, right? Everyone says, everyone says to me, oh, Tails, were you going to take the penalty? I was like, nope. <laughs> so I just I said there was not anything else in my head other than go and get that ball yeah. and take that penalty because yeah. Yeah. the worst thing is you can miss right yeah, yeah, yeah. go and get that ball yeah. and put it away and had to wait a while and I remember when it went in it almost went in and it was like we can do this for me personally I can't yeah. talk for everybody else yeah. but the mood around the place was unbelievable and then going up to Wigan and doing it with a game to go yeah that was amazing ridiculous yeah, yeah. And, and I think I think it's interesting for fans, I think, to, to know what the players think because I think this is wrong, but I've, I'm in a different position to most football fans, I suppose. But I think that fans think that players, not, not necessarily a player like yourself, who's always you worked really hard. don't care, yeah? Yeah, not, <laughs> I'm not don't care, but I just think they care in a different kind of way because for them it is, always, it is a career as well. And for What's them, a job. They're, yeah. Yeah, they're going to have to make a decision whatever happens in the summer to go and do something yeah. else maybe. And, and I think there's a, there's a feeling around football fans, and you'll know this because you're a football fan as well, that the club you've got, you're stuck with it. It ain't their option. We, can, we haven't got an option to go and support someone else. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it'll be interesting for them to know just how, how much it matters in the dressing room. Well, it, it mattered to me. 
Mm. I, I, that's all I can But tell did you, you look around players and think, I don't know how much it means to them? I've done that all my career. Yeah. Right, okay. Do that now. Okay, right. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, but then again, it wouldn't do for us all to be the same, would it? No, I guess not. And then at the end of that season, that the season, that the summer you signed a new deal at Portsmouth? Yeah. There's a lot of speculation. Yeah. A lot of Nearly left. Play- okay, what, which teams came in? Spurs? <laughs> I've got a good story about Spurs, but I'll tell you that in a minute. No, right. so I, there was a few clubs, I think it was, West Brom was one of them. There was a few, but it was never really Fulham, and then he went to Fulham. But again, it wasn't it wasn't about. It would have been a better move financially, yeah. But Portsmouth came in and gave you a new deal, didn't they? They did, yeah. They yeah. gave me a new deal. I yeah. could have. I think financially it would have been more beneficial for me elsewhere. But I thought, right. no, I love it down here. As I'm living at home, yeah, it's an hour from home. Yeah, I had a. I think we had my eldest daughter at the time. She'd have been six to eight months old, maybe a year old. Mm. So we were settled. Mm. My wife was happy, got all the family locally. So I just, it wasn't, it wasn't the right thing. And what I, I loved playing at Fratton Park, to be honest. Right. Right? I really loved it. So, what, no, for, what, for what reason particularly? Everything, just everything yeah. about it. You yeah. know, the changing rooms are small. Yeah. You know, you can hear, you can hear everything everyone's saying to you on the sideline. Mm. The atmosphere was brilliant. Yeah. Old John and his bloody bell. Brilliant. <laughs> but yeah. the whole lot, right? Yeah. The whole because I because from the age of twenty, it was just brilliant. The mm. atmosphere, the fact that there were nineteen thousand season ticket holders, mm. and the ground only held twenty one thousand. Yeah. Right. So you knew every week it was going to be full. So that was a big pull for you as well. Yeah, but you also knew every week Manchester United didn't want to come down there. No. You knew the big teams didn't want to come down there. Portsmouth's record against United was yeah. decent at Fratton Park, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. But that's what I mean. You knew that they mm. didn't want to. They, you know, it was never really the highlight of their calendar mm. in the year going to Fratton Park I just love the fact that we were underdogs for a period in time I just it was, the, it was the right decision for me so yeah I could have I could have left but didn't want to so it's curious to me uh, all those reasons you've given there but you come across obviously I don't know you that well but you come across as someone who's pretty driven and pretty ambitious mm. and wants to go to the top surely that came into your thinking when a, what would be potentially a bigger club yeah, wanted then, to sign you what did I want to do what, do I, what was I football for to play football right yeah so why I turned down moves in the past to go to a bigger club and maybe not and not play I didn't want to not play but do you, do you, were you, you were basically terrified of not playing no I just didn't it wasn't about it was about being part of something that I wanted to be part of and enjoying it and I loved it at Portsmouth but also the fact that football I hate the the toughest times I've had in my career is being fit and not playing. Right? Mm. So the best analogy I can give you, mm. it's like you kneading dough over there mm. all all day on a Friday on the kitchen side. Yeah. And then someone else coming and putting it in the oven for you on a Saturday. Yeah, right. Right? Yeah. Because you never actually get to do yeah. your job. Yeah. So you left Portsmouth in January, didn't you? I did. Oh seven. Yeah. Oh, oh eight, sorry, oh, oh, eight, eight. Yeah. yeah. Before Portsmouth won the FA Cup. Yep. How do you feel about that looking back? Not Fine. Bothered, not no, not bothered, no. It was the right decision for me to leave at the time. And did you... Difficult one. Difficult one. But I'd nearly left two or three times before. The only time I really nearly left, I was in this house and boyhood Tottenham fan and Martin Yole came in and Harry said, yeah, deal's deal's fine, done. Right. So I was like, that's amazing. Dad's a Tottenham fan. Phoned him, dad, it's done, I'm going to play for Tottenham. Brilliant it was. And the pub in the village, we didn't have a fax machine here and this was before emails and everything, so everything was faxed over, right? Yeah. The deadline was 11 o'clock and I'm upstairs in bed and this is and it must have been 10 o'clock and I said I'm still waiting for this fax I tell you what I'm going to go to Steve who's a landlord in the pub I said because he's got a fax machine yeah great okay so I went down there and the phone signal was not great right mm. so I 
stood outside. You know, when you, when you haven't got any signal for some reason, you hold your phone, you up, your phone yeah. up in the air, yeah, right? Yeah. So I put it. So I managed to get some signal. Phone went off. Gaffer, tails. This was quarter to, quarter to eleven. Tails, yeah. Tails, I can't let you go. And at the time, I was young, right? Mm. So I didn't kick up a stink. And I said, "You kidding me?" I said, "Look, look, Harry." I said, "Look, Gaffer, this is." Tottenham for me mm. said I'll go for less money I'm not worried that you yeah. know I just want to play for Tottenham yeah can't let you go because the lad I want from Germany we can't get him or something this like to replace you I said but I'm not even playing I said you got I think it was at the time David Unsworth is playing yeah. I've spoken to Martin your old deal's done you know I want to play f- I want to play for Tottenham that's what I want to do mm. it was like a five-year contract I said I want to play for Tottenham can't let you go that's my one regret in football right that I didn't push hard enough to go. And that wasn't, that was nothing to do with Portsmouth. Yeah. Right, it was nothing to do with that. It was the fact that it was Tottenham Hotspur, Hotspur and yeah. they, they were my team as a kid. And do you blame Redknapp for that now? No, you can't. No, because if I was in the you same situation. You still got on with him okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I was in the same situation now as a manager, yeah. he has to look after Portsmouth, right? Sure. He has to look after Portsmouth's um, players. He has, to, he has to look after the team. So it would have been the wrong decision for him to let me go and not have anyone in to replace me. Mm. And he didn't. Mm. So I know that was one thing. And then I ended up leaving in 08 anyway, in January. Yeah. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You scored a great number of goals for Portsmouth and for, and for Bolton as well. What is your favourite personally for Portsmouth I'm not going to go too much into Portsmouth because it's not a Portsmouth show but just just for this much this, for this little section are you section. sure yeah just for this little section are you sure yeah what, what's your uh, favourite my favourite one for Portsmouth would probably be the one against Sunderland and I'll tell you why should have been goal of the season that no that's not why it is for me because Lauren Robert was playing right hmm. and on the on the Saturday morning Alan Perry was manager yeah, and he pulled me in and he said, um, Matty, look, Lauren said he's ill. Now, whether that was anything to do with the whole fact that he was playing against Sunderland and he just signed from Newcastle, mm. I don't know. He said, but you're playing. Oh, OK. And, yeah, went out. I think I ended up setting up two. We were one. Yeah. yeah. We were scored. a goal down. We were a goal down, we were a goal yeah, down yeah, yeah. yeah. Scored two and set up two. Yeah. yeah. What, a, what a day that was. But, I wasn't meant to be playing. But also, it was a brilliant goal as well. 
It was a good goal, yeah. It was yeah. a good goal, yeah. And what well, you, you know the only reason I shot? Because Dario Silva was injured yeah. and we had one up front and there was no one in front of me. So if you watch a goal again, yeah. we don't have a strike on the pitch. Yeah. Right, so okay, kind of, right. It got flicked round the corner to me and I looked up and I couldn't see anyone. So I thought, oh, do you know what, hit it. Mm. And Kelvin was off his line mm. and it flew in. My, my memory of that sort of pitch, it's, amazing, it's an amazing goal and everyone listening would have, would have seen it. it, it my, memory of, my memory is quite poor anyway, generally, but my memory of Portsmouth around that sort of time was that like the turnover of players and the turnover of managers was so swift. It was. It was, Difficult. I'd moved up to London by then. I wasn't going to every game. It's difficult to keep up with who's playing where mm. and everything. But you were like a bit of a constant throughout that, until, at least until obviously when you when you moved on. Yeah. What? As a player, are you aware of that? Are you thinking this is this is not as consistent as it should be, or did you just get on with it? Not that it's not as consistent as it should be, because that's football. But you want a settled team as possible, presumably. Of course you do, but that's not always it's not always the case, is it? I think when no. you've when you've got a manager in charge who one of his I think one of his skill sets for Harry has always been signing players he's got far more right than he's got wrong as well let me say that by the way and that's, a, that's throughout his career mm. he's been hugely successful at it so he gets a lot of in my opinion a lot of unjust stick for, for being a wheeler dealer mm. what Harry does is he signs good players and he signed a lot of good players that improve, improve Portsmouth for, mm. for us at the time was I bothered about that? probably not no Right. Didn't 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 worry me. No. And how, and 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 the answer to this might be none of your business or not at all. How, how do how do you how do you look back on the Portsmouth era and what happened to them financially after that period? Do you look back on it with any sort of feeling at all? Yeah, uh, I'm very very unhappy about it. But it was it's not for me. It wasn't. I, I know wasn't it's not your decision. It's not that. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. part of it. I was just distraught. Not for. I, this is going to sound really bad. I was never distraught for the guys whose money it was. Mm-hmm. I was only ever distraught for the football fans. Yeah. Because all, all, all Portsmouth fans want now and have wanted then was success for their team. But success at what level? I, I don't think... I think Portsmouth got spoiled. We got spoiled a lot because we're in the Premier League. Mm. So the fans, I mean, got spoiled. Mm. But they're still going every week now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? yeah, absolutely. So they're still going every week now. Yeah. I think they sold 17,000 season tickets mm. in League Two. Mm. Right, League One, seventeen, eighteen thousand. Mm. So that tells you that all they want to do is support the team. Mm. So they're the ones that suffered, not the ones whose money it was that went missing or that they lost. And we can't comment on that because we don't know. Mm. But it's the football fans ultimately pay the price. Mm. So how was your time at Bolton when you moved? You were there for a few seasons, weren't you? Three, three and a half was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, enjoyed it. So was it not a big change for you? Did you have to move up there? Yes, you? I did. Yeah. yeah, I think both my wife and I were very naive that we'd have to leave and. We left the house we live in now, so yeah, it was tough. Mm. We had so we had my daughter at the time. My son came along. I've got two children that were born in Manchester as well. Right. I've got two Mancunians, right? Two yeah. Kids of the three. So no, it was good though. I enjoyed it, and it was mm. the right it was the right decision again. I had sort of three or four other options mm. that would have been more beneficial to me financially, but football and having. Turned down Gary Megson when he was manager at West Brom. Yeah. Right? And met him and... Did you like I him? I liked him, yeah. Yeah, okay. I wanted to play for him. Yeah. I remember we went up to Sunderland and met Roy Keane. It was an experience. Yeah? Yeah. You weren't tempted to decide for him? No, not at the time, no. And then Middlesbrough with Gareth Southgate. And again, well, Gaz was playing up there. Gary O'Neill was playing up there. Mm. Yeah. But it was a long way north, that. 
I was so annoyed when Portsmouth let Gary O'Neill yeah. go. Yeah. I was so annoyed about no, that. No, it was. Yeah, he did. Gaz was. Gaz had a good career. He's a good lad as well. Mm. So and and Rangers were another one, but I decided that Bolton was the right one for me. And around, I, I just realised I missed something out that I wanted to ask you. Around that time before you signed for for Bolton, um, when you were playing more regularly for Portsmouth in that in that season, we talked about mm. there. What there was some outside talk of you getting called up for England. Yeah. You didn't ever hear anything about that. I was on personally. some sort of standby list or something. Yeah. Right. How do you feel about that looking back? Would you obviously you'd like to have played for him? If I'd have, if I'd have got the move to Tottenham, I'd have played for England. Yeah. Right. Because if I'd have done the things that you do, I had it at Luton, right? Yeah. Couldn't get in the under twenty ones. Went to Portsmouth. You're in there. Straight in there. Yeah. yeah. But I'm not any different. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't any different as a player. Yeah. If you'd have done the things, and and by the way, let me tell you, I have no sour grapes whatsoever. Mm. I think there was a lot of talk about it, and ironically, I saw Steve McLaren on on uh, the pro licence course he came and delivered about four or five months ago and I asked him I said yeah you know. mm. so yeah it would have been it would have been nice but I'm not overly distraught about it mm. I think I've if I'm perfectly honest with you I've had a far better career than I thought I ever would have had right so and no no regrets nah you can't have regrets what's the point yeah. of having regrets in life yeah after Bolton you are at West Ham and yep. um, had a day out at Wembley did yeah, yeah. Won the players at Vaz Tay scored the winner. He did yeah, yeah. As as an experienced again getting promoted into the Premier League much later in your career, how did it compare to the time before? First of all, I was ridiculous and naive and didn't realise how big of a football club West Ham was. Right, really didn't. Yeah, it's the only time do you know this. It's the only time in my career that I've gone to a football club where there's been expectation. Right, because the expect and I explained that the expectation at. Portsmouth when I joined was never to win the championship right? mm. we won it yeah. then the expectation changes so you've just got to finish in the league mm. right mm. Just fit, that's all we ended up doing Bolton we finished in the league you know to, to keep your status and this and you had a Portsmouth similar but we ended up always going above that I think one, one season we finished 8th did we at Portsmouth I don't yeah know. and then Bolton we ended up doing alright so yeah join West Ham in the championship um, the expectation was to get promoted right Automatically, we had yeah. best squad in the league by far. Big budget as well. Huge budget. Yeah. Ridiculously big budget. Mm. Massive players. Mm. It would be in paid Premier League wages, mm. and we kind of hit the post. Yeah. yeah. Ended up finishing third. Played Cardiff in the the playoffs, the Championship playoffs, and battered them. Went into the went into the game against Blackpool, thinking, right, we've made it here, lads. The expectation was, look, we've got to get promoted. Mm. I remember. First five minutes, the, I was playing left back, and their, I think it was their left back, hit a diagonal to the back post. And me being me, thought, oh, I can chest this back to Greeny here. Right. And I've got a bit of a pigeon chest anyway. <laughs> right? And I chested it back to Greeny, and it didn't get there because it was a warm day and all the, all the water had come off. And he had to make a save, and he pushed it onto the post. I thought, right, here we go. And then, yeah, we went 1 0 up. Coley Carlton scored a great goal. And then they battered us, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, battered us. Should yeah. have, should have probably been three or four goals to the good. Yeah. And they weren't. And with three minutes to go, probably the most ripped man I've ever met in my life <laughs> that I've ever played with, and can't wait to get his top off. Yeah. Scored a goal at Wembley and couldn't wait to get his top off yeah. and flex his muscles. So yeah. to be honest, though, look, if I had a body like him, I'd yeah. have probably done the same. So no right. Yeah. Scored that goal, and I just remember taking off and running around that place. It was just a huge relief. Massive. So it was the overwhelming feeling was relief, really, because yeah. the, the expectation was so high. Yeah, I didn't even go out that night, you know. So right. all the lads went out, and I, do you know what? 
I was that tired, sat in the dressing room afterwards, and I was just, mm. everything had left me. Yeah. Right? Everything had left me. Yeah. And I went upstairs, my missus, we had a box, and I went upstairs and I saw missus and the kids and mum, dad, and all the family. And she said to me, are you, uh, so you going out? I said, no, I can't. Really? I said, I just need to go home. And is that unlike you? Uh, well, all the lads were going out yeah. to celebrate. Yeah. I said, I've got to go home, love. So I just want to sit on the sofa, a glass of wine, yeah. and go to sleep. Because yeah. I was that tired, mentally yeah. and physically. Who's the best player you played with? Why does everyone always ask Obviously you questions? Did you, get, did you Google this one and go, right, what questions can I no, ask? No, 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 not at all. I'm a man of very... Because I can't answer the question. Several, That's <laughs> why I can't answer the question. Because it's interesting for football... I'll tell you, I'll answer your question. Because <laughs> it's interesting for football fans to hear what players, proper players, rate. That's why. And it might just be someone had a particularly good performance against no, do you, know you what, or do with you, know, you or whatever. Do you know what? Look, the only way I can answer this, Luke, is that... I've been fortunate enough to play with a lot of, in my opinion, fantastic players, right? But I left Luton in League Two, playing at some of the some of the grounds that we played at in League Two. Without obviously, I don't want to mention any of them because you might mm. have some of the fans here, but they're not they're not great. Mm. You know, I remember playing at the old, oh, going to Halifax on a Tuesday night. Mm. So from there to play in the uh, the Championship, and to play with Paul Merson. Mm. Merce, you know, at that time, I'd only ever seen him on the TV. Yeah. I was playing with him. I just remember all I used to do, Luke, was run, and that ball ended up on my feet yeah. from him. Yeah, I time. just used to run. So in the context of everything where I'd come from mm. and where I was to winning the championship within the space of 12 months, I'd say, I'd say Merce, but technically, probably wasn't the best. I played with better players than him after that. What made him so good other than his passing range? His because everything about him was just... He never used to come out for a warm-up. Mm. Sit in and have a cup of tea and sit in the corner. Mm. Harry. Yeah. His captain. Five minutes. Five Probably minutes. talking about horses, were they? Yeah, maybe. But <laughs> he'd, his, he'd be sat there and he wasn't even changed. And then he'd get changed, get ready, walk out, be the best player on the pitch every week. Mm. So for me, where I was at the age of 19, 20, that was probably... The, without kind of going into loads of detail about other players I've played with. Teddy yeah, must have been good as well. He was, but, it was, but he came the year after. Yeah, that's right. He came when we were in the Premier League. He was sort of the replacement yeah. for Merson, really. But yeah. he came in the Premier League, not mm. when we were in the Championship. So you were a bit more used to the level and the players around you at that point? I suppose you... Not more used to it. I suppose that it was... It was more... Yeah. I suppose I was more within the norm. It was kind mm. of like, well, I wasn't playing at Luton in front mm. of... Or I wasn't playing at Halifax on a Tuesday mm. night in front of 1,200 people. Sure. You know, uh, if that makes sense. It does, absolutely. And because and, you've had... I mean, uh, the average professional footballer's career is a short career generally speaking you've had a long career yeah you've had a long yeah you've had a long well you you already have really you've had a great career already what what's changed in the year you must have seen a lot of changes what's changed since you first started as a footballer to what it's like now because obviously you're still very active still playing and coaching and stuff now lots what would be the main thing that I would say I think the main one of the main things that's changed is at times the mentality of of young players because we had no op- we had no choice but to be tough mm. to deal with everything that was thrown at you at the time if you if you really wanted something you wanted to be successful then you had to work really hard for it mm. i'm not suggesting that the kids now don't work hard i'm saying that as football clubs remember the duty stays with the football clubs do you give them too much too early 
100% in my opinion, where they've not achieved anything. But you can't for one second blame the players. Hmm. This is not me sitting here and saying it's their fault. It's not. It's the environment that's been created. Yeah. It's the, fo- it's the football clubs that have made this problem. Hmm. Who in their right mind is a 19-year-old footballer who's not played in the first team is going to turn down a huge contract that's offered to him they're not mm. so you can't blame the kids mm. it's the football clubs mm. so it's this bubble that we've created that ends up parking loads of footballers mm. right get parked yeah they've got a few quid but they're not playing football yeah the whole point is to play football is it not yeah absolutely of course <laughs> so you think maybe the reserve league has to come back you limit squad sizes what when I you? played look, when you, I played reserve team football you'd get 1500 people come to watch a Kenilworth Road yeah you don't yeah. get that now no it's development no it's yeah. not it's a reserve team but they call it development now yeah so yeah hopefully the, the problem that I have is that the ones that so you look at you take Raheem Sterling for argument's sake right Playing at QPR, what, 16, 17? Mm-hmm. He's never one you're going to have to worry about. Mm. He's going to be successful, mm. right? What about the ones behind him? Yeah. That aren't Raheem Sterling. So they're the ones that, that need the nurturing. They need to go, but they're not playing in the first team there. So where do, you, so where do they go and play? They go out on loan to smaller clubs like Swindon, right? So they try and get a proper upbringing. It's, it's a difficult thing because you can't... The problem you've got now as managers at League 2 and League 1 level it's as volatile as it is at the top level so can you chuck young players in well the argument is no because mm. if you chuck them in you're going to lose your job mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> but yeah, then yeah. everyone wants to see young players develop mm. so I understand why there's a development league and why there's, there's development football there's 100% a place for it but my only worry is how many of those players get parked in there and then never have the careers that they probably could have and should yeah. have and how and and how when we talk about big clubs with their academies, do you think that the academies at the top level are producing players that come in to, to hopefully playing at seventeen, eighteen, and just aren't prepared because they've not had any real know. experiences? I don't. That's a difficult one. I just think that that the bigger clubs have a duty of care to the players that don't make it at their football clubs. Mm. In my opinion, mm. the duty of care is to prepare those young men for the a career world. in football. Yeah, yeah. And that career in football might be at League Two. Yeah. It might not be a career in football whatsoever. But that's the duty of care for me. Mm. At the moment, you're coaching, player coaching, of I course. Am. Do you have, do you, well, I guess one, are you enjoying that? And two, do you have a, an ambition to be a manager? I mean, you mentioned the pro license earlier. One, yes, I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Two, do I be a manager? Yes. Okay. Will I be a manager? I hope so. But the, if the opportunity arises, it's too soon for me at the moment. Mm. <clears throat> I've got an unbelievable opportunity now to carry on doing what I love mm. playing football but also to coach and to gain a huge amount of experience from from two very experienced men in our manager Phil Brown and the assistant Neil McDonald who I worked with at West Ham for, for three years so mm. yeah I've got a great opportunity it's, it works for me look I'm, I'm at home mm-hmm. I can I sit down with the kids every night and have dinner get to kiss them before they go to school mm. so I see you know I have a good family work life balance and that's important to me as well the reason I asked the question partly is because we talk a, lot, a bit about young players and how, mm. how they've changed how different they are now obviously if you, if you became I mean it's partly your job now but if you became a manager a full time manager you, it would be part of your responsibility obviously to get through to those young players and do you think that would be more difficult now than it would have been maybe back in the day when you yeah. were coming through yeah it's, it's a lot more difficult there's, there's far, the reason it's a lot more difficult is because there's far bigger outside influences right so mm. when I was coming up 
think I must have been 17 and I had a mobile, maybe mm. 18. Mm. But there's no social media. No. I could make a phone call or I could text you. Yeah. Right? I might be able to send you a, what, a smiley face, yeah. but it'd be two dots. And a... Matt, if you'd sent me a smiley face text when we were 19... <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, no, you I wouldn't have had a click, but you know... You, I'd be loving it, mate. Yeah, but you get where I'm going. <laughs> yeah, of course, right? absolutely. So the yeah, outside yeah, yeah. influences yeah. now shape, course. I think, people's lives. Sure. I never, I would have never have known at 18 what the equivalent 18-year-old was doing at Manchester United. Mm. I'd never have known that. But now they but know now and they can copy I it. I can go on Instagram, now I can go on Twitter, now I can go on social media and find out just what you're doing. Mm. Right? So I think there's a perception of what a footballer has to do. Yeah. Right? A way they have to behave. So you look yeah. at, see James Milner gets a load of stick, doesn't he, right, yeah. on social media? Yeah. Because he's not your atypical footballer. Yeah. Right? So because he chooses to live his life differently, he gets stick. But going and bottle popping, that's yeah. what you've got to do to be a footballer, right? Yeah. Because that's what everyone does. Yeah. Whereas actually right. it's a load of rubbish. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. But then those influences, I can't... So you've, you've got to think, you've got to remember this, right? You've got them in the building for what? Four or five hours a day. What do they do with the rest of the day? You can't control that. I can't control what you do for the rest of the day. Mm. So if you're sat on your mobile phone, checking Instagram... What? Can't stop him. I can't stop you. And mm. if that's, but then that's influencing the way you lead your life. So how do I, as a young aspiring football coach, who is going to be, you know, in charge of helping develop players at Swindon Town next season and the young ones, how do you control what they do outside? You can't. Mm. So that comes down to them and their attitude and their mentality. And their parents, of course. Of course, it does. Yeah. So do do do, do is there any plan? Is, is there any sort of system in place where the, the parents are talked to quite regularly by the, by the football club and stuff I think at the bigger clubs there will be yeah. but we're a we're a small academy a Cat 3 academy so yeah. funding is limited Yeah. so we have a limited amount of staff a limited amount of money that we can chuck at these things mm. but yeah you've got, you've got to do everything you can within your means and do you think that, that that type of attitude from these young players if it pervades too much is going to affect the quality of football they're going to be playing and the quality of football we're going to see because the, the players, the young players aren't going to be as focused now. I hope not. I, do you know what? I think I'm really excited at the moment about football in England and I look at this, the, the national team. Mm. Spent five, six days in Toulon, watched mm. on, on, a, on an FA Pro licence course. That's the under-21 tournament they just won. Yeah. Right, yeah beat we Scotland out, in the final. Yeah, yeah, we went out and watched one of their games. We went out and watched them train and I was impressed. But then you look at now, the England team, and I think the reason that the nation now is so much more buoyant than they have been in years is because it's young boys that are playing. Mm. Ashley Young is the oldest player of mine, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm talking about a lad that I play with, Gary Cahill, who's 32. They're all saying he's past it. Mm. Got to play the young boys, got to mm. play the, you know. So mm. that, I think, says that we're moving in the right direction mm. in terms of young English footballers. You're managing people, right? Mm. Yeah, your, your tactics and... Every, I think the majority of people get tactics, right? Mm. But it's managing people. Mm. That's going to be the difficult thing. But yeah, I'm, I'm not going to do it at the moment, but it's definitely something that I'd like to do in the future. I'm going to enjoy playing this season. Yeah, of course. We've got at least another season of playing. Left yeah. front. Listen, future England manager Matt Taylor, thank no. you very much for your time. <laughs> it's been great talking to you. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.